In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Jesus, Word of God, reveal more of yourself to us through your presence in the Bible. Led by the Holy Spirit, guide our time of reflection. May it increase our desire for you in the Scripture and in the sacrament. Amen. As we hear in the first book of Kings, King Solomon once traveled to Gibeon to offer a sacrifice there. When he does, God appeared to him in a dream and said, Ask for whatever you want me to give you. Solomon famously asks for a discerning heart to govern your people and to distinguish between right and wrong. And the Lord God gives this to him, making Solomon a wise king. All of that helps to frame our first reading at Mass this Sunday. It's written as a reflection by Solomon on when he asked for wisdom. I prayed, and prudence was given me. I pleaded, and the spirit of wisdom came to me. Solomon concludes the prayer by saying how the value of wisdom has surpassed all, gold, silver, and even health. The metaphor of a sword takes center stage in our second reading, which is an excerpt from the letter to the Hebrews. The sword is used as a metaphor for God's word, showing how it penetrates to the very core of one's being. Now, curiously enough, the sword is described as two-edged. Some early church fathers, including St. Augustine, put together that the two-edgedness of the sword of the Word of God had to stand for the Old and New Testaments. And while this certainly can apply, it's more likely that the original author intended the sword's two-edgedness to apply to the fact that the same Word of God could either save or condemn, depending upon the receiver of the Word. It's why the excerpt also talks about rendering an account in judgment before God. Remembering last weekend's gospel is helpful to see how the beginning of this weekend's excerpt is like something from a movie. You see, last weekend we heard Jesus say, Amen, I say to you, whoever does not accept the kingdom of God like a child will not enter it. That was Mark 10, verse 15. Well, our passage this weekend begins with Mark 10, verse 17. And almost as if on cue, a man shows up before Jesus, kneels down, and then proceeds to demonstrate how not to accept the kingdom of God like a child, rather than accepting the kingdom as a child would accept a gift. This man grasps at the kingdom. Good teacher, what must I do to inherit eternal life? Now, it's a bit puzzling how Jesus responds to being called good teacher. He says, no one is good but God alone. The best answer seems to be that Jesus wants the man to recognize God as the source of all goodness. But beyond that, let's take on the mind of a first-century bystander to get the full richness of this scene. At the time, riches and wealth were seen as indications that God was pleased with someone. And conversely, to be poor and destitute meant that either me or someone before me and my family had offended God and made him angry. So here comes this man with many possessions, who is also apparently observing all of the law's commands from his youth. By the common standards, he would be guaranteed a blessed afterlife. He's got all the boxes checked. But Jesus says something that was truly shocking to all present. The man needs to give what he has to the poor in order to have treasures in heaven. This is shocking, and we see that the disciples are exceedingly astonished. Adding to this astonishment is the metaphor Jesus uses here about a camel passing through the eye of the needle. It's absurd, and two attempts have been made over the centuries to kind of water down this metaphor. The first claims that the Greek word for camel, kamelon, was mistakenly written by scribes and originally was kamelon, meaning rope. This makes the sentence, it is easier for rope to pass through the eye of a needle than for one who is rich to enter the kingdom of God. Yet here's the thing. This word, kamelon, rope, 
doesn't appear anywhere else in the New Testament, or in the Greek version of the Old Testament, or even in any other classical literature of the time. It just doesn't seem to be a word that was used. The second attempt to water down this hyperbole is a popular one. It's a story about camels having to bend down and unload their baggage before passing through what was known as the Eye of the Needle Gate in the walls of Jerusalem. Although it's a charming story about divesting one's riches, it is entirely unfounded and has no historical basis. I want to repeat that. There is no substantial evidence to support the existence of a small gate for camels in Jerusalem's walls. All of this is to say that Jesus actually is talking about a camel passing through the eye of a needle. I mean, if he wasn't, if he was talking about a rope or about the eye of the needle gate, both of these metaphors would not have left the disciples exceedingly astonished. They probably would have just been more like, oh, okay, yeah, that makes sense. Instead, we have to take Jesus right at his word. And it probably was a common metaphor at the time, since at two places in the Talmud, which was kind of like the Jewish go-to literature for describing their way of life, a metaphor is given of an elephant passing through, you guessed it, the eye of a needle. So that's it. That's your Sunday setup for this 28th Sunday in Ordinary Time in Year B. May this knowledge of the story behind the scripture allow you to encounter Jesus Christ in a new way this weekend. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen.